Well, good, good morning. It's so good to be with you. You know, I, I had a hard time sleeping last night because I was so nervous about coming here and speaking today. I woke up like 12.30. And then I didn't get to sleep to 3.30 because I was like exhausted. I was like stupid. So this morning, as we're getting ready to come to church, I get into it with my wife. Have, have you ever done that? Right before church, you get into it with your spouse, or you get into it with, a, with your children, or your mom, or your dad. If I wasn't speaking, I probably would be sitting at home right now. And, and it was over the silliest thing. It was over what time we're leaving to come to church. So because of my nervousness, I want to go as soon as I can so that nobody's here, I can think about what I'm doing. And my wife wants to come just before church starts. So that, that was the beef. We got into it. And so I was all angry. And when I get angry, I don't hide it. I have like the stink face. So I would walk in here and I would be preaching with the stink face. I wear my emotions on the sleeve. But then as we were driving here, it, it, it was like I was in Antarctica. It was cold in that car. <laughs> but this thought came to me. Your fight is not with each other, with flesh and bones, but it's against the powers of darkness, principalities. The light bulb went on in my head, so I decided to make it up to my wife. So I took her to 7-Eleven, and I let her buy me a donut. And, and we're all good. I could tell when we were walking in here, she asked, do I have seaweed in my teeth? And I said, no. And I was like, why, do I have donut on my face? And she's like, no. So I knew, I knew we were good. But sometimes the devil does that to mess us up, to steal our joy. So that, that was my morning. But I'm feeling good now. I was so nervous. I went to the bathroom twice. I saw some dead plants out there, so I was watering them during worship. I'm just like, I got to do something, man. I am like so, so, so nervous. But um, on the campus of the Air Force Academy, it's located in the foothills of the majestic Rocky Mountains in Colorado Springs, Colorado. There's a statue of an eagle with the wings pointed straight up towards the sky. And next to it is two of its fledgling or baby birds getting ready to take flight. My dad took me there over 40 years ago when I was a teenager. So some of you are thinking, I wasn't even alive 40 years ago. Um, 
But I was thinking of that because I was hanging out with my daddy this past week. It was his birthday. He turned 86 years old and he took me there. I remember running my fingers over the letters that were carved in the stone. And this is what was was inscribed on that statue. It said, man's flight through life is sustained by the power of his knowledge. That has stood with me since I went and visited the statue. Today, I want to talk to you about life's greatest pursuit, and that's knowing God. Life's greatest pursuit is knowing God. I'm on the tail end of my life, so to speak. And they say, as you get older, you become more wise. So I'm speaking to you young folks. You don't have to figure it out. Uncle Matt is telling you, life's greatest pursuit is knowing God. I want to talk about some of the things we pursue in this life. And I think we're all in the same boat. We all have the same goals. We all want to achieve the same thing. So, based on what that statue said, the first thing I think we want to achieve is knowledge or education. So, here in Hawaii, and I think for the rest of the United States, you have to get a high school diploma or the equivalent. And then after that, It's up to you whether you want to continue. You can go two more years, and you can get your associate's degree. Two more after that, then you can become a bachelor of science or business or arts. You put in two more years, you can be a master of something. I don't know how many of you hang your high school diploma on your wall. But I notice once we go past high school, we start putting up our certificates. If you go two more years, you can become a PhD or a doctor. And then you can specialize and go two, three, four more years. We invest a lot of time seeking knowledge seeking education. The other day, I was at um, the Waianae Department of Motor Vehicles. My dad's license was going to expire, and we don't want him to drive. He started banging things, and he doesn't even know. So I had to have a talk with him. Dad, you don't want to bang a person or a child and drive off. I said, you would feel so bad. 
if they caught up to you and told you that. So he decided to give up his license voluntarily, but he has no ID. So he wanted to get a state ID, but they said summertime is the worst time to get a state ID because all the kids are out of school. They're all trying to get their license. So I had the brilliant idea, and I get brilliant ideas once in a while, to drive all the way down to Waianae to go stand in line. Because that family that we were helping, Nico, he lives right across the street from the Department of Motor Vehicle. And we were just there the week before, and there was like three cars in the parking lot. So I get my parents together, we drive down there. The parking lot is packed. There's a crazy line in there. So we end up waiting two hours in line. So I'm talking to a lady behind us. I forget her name, like most of you. I don't know your name, so I'll call you brother and sister. So I called her auntie. Come to find out, she lived over 40 years on the Waianae Coast. She was a teacher for all those years, and she also taught catechism at her church. She said last week, a big truck pulled up in front of her house, honking the horn, and she seemed like a tough kind of lady. She said, who the heck is parking in front of my house. So she goes outside. She said, a small female jumps out and tells her, Auntie, how are you doing? She goes, whose truck is that? She goes, Auntie, that's my truck. I remember all those things you taught me so many years ago. And now I have my own trucking company and I wanted to show you what you did for me. You know, I was thinking of teachers. It's like you folks are planting seeds that you may never see the fruit of. You might be teaching the next president of the United States. You might be teaching our next pastor or businessman, or banker, or husband, or wife. So if you're a teacher, whether you're working or retired, children's church, the regular school, I want you to stand up. Could you stand up for me? Can you stand up? Let's give them a hand. You don't always get recognized, but we so, so, so appreciate your investment and commitment. The next thing that we pursue after we get our education is a job. Bless you. And depending on the amount of knowledge or education we have depends on the kind of job we're going to get. We want to get hired by a company. We want to go as high as we can in that company, as fast as we can. I just went to McDonald's the other day. I didn't see any surgeons, 
selling hamburgers and french fries. And I wouldn't expect to walk into a hospital to get operated on by a high school graduate. So based on our knowledge and education is the kind of job we would get. The next thing we pursue is money. The better job we have, the more we're going to get paid. And we can buy stuff. We can buy a car. We can pay for our rent. We can buy food. We can take our sweetheart out to the movies. Because you're going to have to save two weeks if you're going to buy popcorn and a soda and candy. (laughs) Once we got all that settled, it's as if we got to look for a spouse, somebody to share our experiences with. Some of you in here, like me, the thing never take the first time. And that's the cool thing about God. He gives us second chances, sometimes third chances. The next thing, once we're settled down, we know each other. Hey, let's have kids. So we're going to start a family. We're going to pursue that. And then after that comes raising the kids. Our our sole focus is to raise the kids. It's all about sports. If my son plays football, will he be the next Marcus Mariota? Millions of dollars he's making. He can buy me a house. He can take care of me. If they play soccer, will they be the next Hope Solo? What about volleyball? Robin Amo, will she be an Olympian, a professional volleyball player? Those are some of the things we pursue. So this morning, I want to look in the book of Jeremiah. I have two verses we're going to go over, because Thomas told me I only have an hour to speak this morning. So I narrowed it down to two. Starting in verse 23, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. So God is talking to the Israelites at this time, and it's the time of Jeremiah the prophet. This is right before he brings judgment on the Hebrew people to cast them out for 70 years in Babylon. The Israelites, they turn from God. They're just whatever, doing whatever they want, whatever feels good. They're boasting about their wisdom. They're boasting about their might. They're boasting about their riches. They're like Sinning crazy. They're deceiving each other. And they started worshiping idols. And it seems to me like sometimes the things we pursue in life can get us distracted, can turn into idols that we got to do this and we got to be the best we can here so we can be a good image of God. And God says, if you've got to boast about it, you're wrong. 
We continue in verse 24. But let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me. And this word here, know, is the same word that is used in Genesis 4, verse 1. And it says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. There's a Hebrew word, and it is yada. The definition of this word is intimacy in relationship. So God is talking about sex with your husband or wife. It's as if he's saying, Brian knew Melissa and she conceived Jackson. This is the way God wants us to know him intimately, like we know our spouse. God uses the marriage relationship in the earthly or physical realm that we can actually experience we can see, we can witness, to show the kind of relationship and how we are to know him in the heavenly or spiritual realm, because God is spirit. We just passed, my wife and I, our 15-year anniversary And I remember we got married pretty early in the morning. I believe it was a 10 o'clock wedding. Was that 9 o'clock? I I forget. They told me to show up and I was there. (laughs) So it was early in the morning. And I think she wanted an early wedding because she wanted to yada me. She couldn't wait. Couldn't be at night. Oh, and she's okay with this. I don't know what came over me this past week. I tell her, honey, I'm going to talk about you on Sunday. And she just went. And she's like, why don't you talk about yourself? And I was like, I'm so boring. And you're so pretty. So I remember we had a small wedding. And then after we had a lunch, we, we went to where we live. We have a rec center, and we had a bunch of our friends over there, and, and we had a good time. We actually stayed our wedding night at Ihilani Hotel over in Koolina. It's actually the Four Seasons now. So I got to yada her. And I remember... Waking up the next morning, and she looked totally different. It looked like she went three rounds with me. Her eyes were swollen shut. Her face 
was huge. And I, I looked at her, and I tried not to have a startled look on my face. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I hope she's not allergic to me. She actually had a bad allergic reaction to the makeup that was put on. You know, like when you get married, man, they bring the war paint. Boom, it's like, it's like motor. But um, so that's a tip. If you're getting married, maybe you should try it like a month before you get married, just in case. So I thought, you know what? Let's do the room service breakfast thing. But being the person she is, she's like, ah, let's go downstairs to the restaurant and eat the breakfast buffet with her eyes shut. So I'm like, oh, okay, if you want to go, I'll go. So we go down there. We have a nice breakfast. Um, I'm feeling a little paranoid thinking, oh, I wonder if everybody thought I gave my wife cracks. But I'm so excited to be married. I actually used to work at the Ihilani for two years prior. So I knew a lot of people in the hotel. So I'm showing off my bride. I'm like, hey, this is my wife, Nadine. We just got married yesterday. And she's like, oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> and I'm thinking they're seeing her like I usually see her. But they're like, oh. So that's the relationship God is talking about. You know, as you get to know your spouse, it's like I know everything about her. I know what time she wakes up in the morning. I know what time she goes to sleep in the morning. I know what she likes to eat. I know what makes her mad. I know if she wants to do something or she doesn't want to do something. And I also learned that just like God... You don't speak for your wife, even though you know what they're going to say. They get kind of mad. I was hanging out with my daughter this past week. I thought I would take her out to lunch, and being the Chinese man I am, I thought I would splurge. So I took her to Popeye's in Kalihi. I love that chicken from Popeye's. So anyway, I see a lady I think I know from the hydroponic class. And it's killing me. I want to go over there and say hi. But I think of my wife. And I hear her voice, even though she's not with us, say, that's creepy. Why you always got to be creepy? So I resist the urge to go over there and say hi. So I'm telling my daughter, I think I know that lady, but I don't want to be creepy. And she's like, nah, I don't think she'll think it's creepy. I think people like when you say hi to them. But the more I stared at the lady, <laughs> the more I thought, oh, maybe that's not her. But as we actually finished, it was her. She said hi. She shared about how her lettuce was growing. That's the kind of intimacy God wants to have.
you know what he's thinking about certain things. We'll continue in uh, verse 24. And it says that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. This past 4th of July, my wife was off. So I'm always pretty excited when she's off uh, from work because we get to hang out together. And I thought, as I was studying for today, okay, if God wants us to know him intimately, and I know my wife intimately, what if I took everything we did, every conversation we had the morning of July 4th, and pictured God being with us? So everything I'm about to share with you, I did with my wife, but I'm thinking, okay, what if I did it with God? Because he wants to be intimate with me. So I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, hey, good morning, God. You look beautiful. What do you want to do? And I hear God tell me, I want to go walking with you. So I don't know if God knows that I had already made plans to go pray for somebody who has been sick. So I tell God, you know, um, would you come with me? I have to pray for somebody who's sick at 8.30. It'll be real quick. And then we'll go walking after that. So God agrees. Okay, let's go. So we show up. There's a bunch of people. And boy, was everybody excited that I brought God. They were so happy, hugging on him. How you doing? We haven't seen you for a while. And so we start to pray. Everybody's praying. And then it's God's turn to speak. You should have seen the tears in that place. There was not a dry eye when God spoke. We were done in like half an hour. Um, Then I was like, God, okay, you want to go walking over here? No, I want to go down to Haleiwa. In fact, I want to take you to breakfast down there. So I'm like, okay, let's go. So we drive down to Haleiwa. God shows me where we're going to go eat. And I'm thinking, this is not a very good place because I see two people in that restaurant. It's empty for the 4th of July. But that's not the restaurant God wants to take me to. It's actually around the corner. Oh, and there's a crazy line. I was like, I can't believe this many people are up this early in the morning. We have our breakfast. And as we're eating, the line is right next to our table. And I see a lady. She like takes off her top, like flash dance. And then she gives it to her friend, and her friend puts it on the table right next to ours. So I tell God, hey, that lady just took off her top. And God looks over and says, oh, it's a bathing suit top, and it's a nice one. At least they didn't put their dirty underwear up there. 
And I'm like, well, thank God they didn't, man. Nobody would sit there. So we take a walk down Haleiwa. We walk all the way to the end, to the beach. And on the way back, of course, there's Matsumoto shave ice. So I tell God, God, you want shave ice? She's like, we might as well. We're right here. So we get our shave ice. And God wants to sit, like, on the ground to eat his shave ice. But I'm like, God, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get up if I sit on the ground. So can we go sit on that bench over there by that man? And God's like, okay. So we sit down. And this man starts pouring out his heart. He talks to us for like close to 45 minutes, telling us about where he grew up, where he lives, what his aspirations are, and everything about his family. And so as we're leaving, I tell God, wow, everybody likes to talk to you. And God tells me, no, it's you they want to talk to. I was just listening. We go down the street. There's actually a courthouse in Haleiwa that is no longer a courthouse. So God wants to go in there. And I'm like, it's, it's empty, man. What's in there? So we go in there. God starts talking to the lady in there. And they're just chit-chatting. And I can tell... She senses something about God being in there with her. And as we get ready to leave, she asked if we would drive down the street to her friend's macadamia nut stand and visit with them. I think God wants to be so intimate with us that wherever we go, we bring the presence of God. You know God when who he is defines who you are. You know God when who he is defines who you are. I think of it Like jumping in a swimming pool. Boom. Water everywhere. You're underwater. God wants us to plunge deep into who he is. When you wake up in the morning, he wants to be all over you. As you drive to work in the traffic, two hours to go three miles he wants to be all over you. When you eat lunch with your coworkers, when you go to school, when you come to church, he wants to be all over you. When you go to sleep, he wants to be all over you so that you can bring kindness, justice, and righteousness wherever you are. Because God says, in these things, I delight. Would you join me in making 
knowing God, your greatest pursuit this year. I know I can work on it. And I'm certain you can too. Let's pray.